Arto, where are you? Arto? Arto? Arto, you're on fire! Arto, Dito, you found a cigarette! Well, I don't think smoking has grown up at all. Because it's very dangerous. Smoking does dreadful things to your lungs and is very bad for your heart. Well, I know I don't have one, but humans do, and I think we should set a good example. Well done, Artu. Oh, hello. You know smoking is bad for your health, and it isn't grown up at all. So please, don't smoke. Artu, do you really think I don't have a heart? Frank Tanana, Frank Frank Tanana, Frank Tanana, Frank Frank Tanana, Frank Tanana, Frank Frank Tanana, T A N A N A Tanana. Goodbye. <laughs> Welcome to Carnival Personnel. That was a little shout out for uh, one of our all-time favorite bands, My Bro Seb, and their uh, catchy song about Frank Tanana, twenty-year. A major league pitcher who only played one year for the Red Sox and went four and ten. Uh, big Bible thumper Frank Tanana was. Uh, and while we're on the subject of Frank Tanana, there may or may not be a series of Dr. Bills from the early 90s when somebody would go into the ER to get periodically stitched up and give the name Frank Tanana with his proper mailing address just so he could see how much the medical services would have caused to have his uh, face stitched. Note to self, make Jacques run down everything he's going to do on the show before the show. Okay, I'm Joe, and oh, wait, we have another person here. Jacques, hey, Hey-o. I'm here, hey, welcome to Carnival We're the only two people here. Yay! Wait a second, that's not nice. That's not an empty chair. No, that's... Just an empty suit. <laughs> well, I'd like to introduce to our Carnival personnel friends out there, uh, our very good friend and, and infrequent contributor, Jim. Jim! Jim's on the podcast. Ooh, Jim! Jim sitting right here. Ooh. Carnival Jim, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, guys. I'm psyched to be here. I know I missed a couple episodes, but I have been listening. You missed four episodes. I, I, let, me <laughs> just say, let, me just, let me just say this, and I'm all joking aside, I've been listening to each episode, and I've been increasingly impressed every time. You guys are doing a great job. God bless. That, that's and, I, a, and that's all. That's no joking. There. And that's you the only reason why job. we brought him on, is we needed somebody to give us a constant <laughs> praise and adulation during the podcast. Well, thanks for stopping by, <laughs> yeah, right. It was good to see you. <laughs> right. I am the one fan, and I threatened <laughs> to stop listening unless I got to get on the air. Yeah, exactly. So, right. so Joe, Joe and I have like known Jim forever. Jim, Jim 
uh, has known Joe even before you know Joe and I've known, and just recently we were we were referring to you as the Gronk of the Carnival Personnel Podcast. <laughs> uh, we were talking about like you know uh, how from day day one you were all excited to be this. What a good contributor you were. Well, the funny thing was I was saying to Joe about how this past off season Gronk is front and center of all the Patriot every Patriot. Uh, thing he's there and it was like really funny because like you know at, at at the ceremony downtown when they had the whole team Gronk was you know front and center on stage leading the charge on the duck boats only five patriots went with robert Kraft down to rhode island later that day to present you know show everybody off the trophy and Gronk was one of those five, and it's like, and he wasn't even on the field. And Joe said, if we ever won, like, it would be like... Yeah, if there was ever a podcast award ceremony and we won, I think Jim would be the one <laughs> to go up and accept the award for us. <laughs> to which we both agreed, you would do a much better job <laughs> accepting it than us. So yeah. we'd be like, you go! Yeah, right. I know, yeah, we're the, like, we're the ugly writing staff, and like, he's the, 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 the face. Well, there was one day, one time in LA, the three of us went out to do stand-up. And uh. I, I had... I I had done it a bunch of times and I had prepared and Joe had prepared a bunch of stuff and I did okay. Joe did really okay. Jim didn't prepare anything. He got up on stage and did nothing but new kid on the blocks poses and pointing <laughs> and brought the house down. Yeah. There was so many other comedians in the room who was like, who was toiling away at their craft, working hard, who got 190th the reaction that you, and all you did was just stand there and, and you just said, a, you know, it was very presidential of him i gotta say <laughs> non-planning has been a been a um crucial fixture in my life <laughs> I, uh, uh, welcome I, to the I, podcast uh, yeah. you're perfect <laughs> he, he's the one guy who proves homer's theory <laughs> right <laughs> hide, hide under a pile right. of coat <laughs> and, and hope, it, all hope goes it turns out okay yeah. <laughs> and it has yeah so so welcome welcome jim yeah just, we, i'm thrilled to be here and just to go back to uh your uh, Gronk reference, real quick. I naturally at first I assumed you were talking about my speed burst off the line uh, <laughs> after the snap, but, <laughs> but, but those other things and are the true broad too shoulders that you said. And the, yeah, the, the the chick, you guys both chick magnets. <laughs> what can I say? You know, so so it is. It's it's great. Uh, so let's let's dive right in, Joe. What is anything going on this week? What do we have happening? Uh gosh, what has gone on this week? Um, nothing really. I think this is it. I think this is the shortest podcast ever. Good night. Good night. No. Don't forget to subscribe. Hit the like button. <laughs> Don't bother. Get, all right. Yeah. Is there a dislike button real, that you can really? hit? Well, real quick, then let's just dive right in. I, this is what's catching my eye: is uh, Mayweather McGregor. Yeah, I know we're a little we're a couple weeks behind the announcement, but what the fuck? And, yeah, we're gonna be a little sports heavy. So, if for anybody uh, not living under a rock, or even if you're not a, a MMA person, a boxing person, or a sports person, it's been a huge headline thing that. They've been talking about this non about eighteen months. They've been talking nonstop. Um, Dana White said it would never happen. Fight people, boxing people said it would never happen. But Floyd Mayweather is finally going to get in the room with McGregor, and uh, I think the rumor is it's a hundred million dollar purse for each, win or lose. Though you know they both get a hundred million dollars. But what, what what are your early thoughts on this? Is it is it actually a fight, Jim, or is it just uh, a, a cash grab and a PR stunt? Um, it is probably, in my opinion, the biggest PR stunt you could come across ever. I'm going to steal this from Joe. I saw something Joe posted a little while ago that said, take my money. Um, obviously, Floyd Mayweather, his whole uh, marketing scheme is the whole, you know, the money team. 
TMT. Uh, this is take my money. Uh, everybody's going to buy into this. All the MMA guys are going to, all the MMA fans are going to buy into this. And as far as I'm concerned and as far as these sports go, Mayweather may as well have picked a soccer or a lacrosse player. 100%. The, the, these, are, these are different, 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 different sports. Um, I was not impressed with McGregor in the Diaz fight. Either one of the Diaz fights, the first one he lost. The second one, he won a decision. I think that was questionable. I think a lot of people think it was questionable. And I think it was pretty much out there that Diaz did not come into that fight in shape. And I think if he did, I think I think McGregor would have got stopped again. Two different sports. I don't see him having the ability that not going into this with the same class. I don't see this truthfully. And Mayweather, by any stretch, is not a knockout artist. I don't see this going more than four or five rounds. And I'm not saying he's going to be knocked out. I don't think he's going to have the gas. Well, and the biggest thing is... It, it we we can we can get into like drawing correlations to different things where where McGregor is not a boxer and boxing is a part of his repertoire it's part of every MMA fighter's repertoire you're not as good in his sport if you can't throw a punch if you can't take a punch but it's a big difference throwing punches with gloves on than than, than to the follow up with what you're saying striking with your hands is part of an MMA's repertoire right boxing is not part of their re- repertoire for the for the most part there's a lot more you know there's obviously the old school mma uh back with hoist gracie and everything was on the ground and and greco-roman wrestling with dan Servan. i can't remember his what he went by and all that stuff but that those days are over everybody's on their feet now everybody has a foot everybody has an up game everybody has a down game and they have a game in that in between space when you fall into the ground and coming up from the ground um, those are tremendous talents. I please don't take this as I am. Uh, I am down on McGregor. McGregor is a phenomenal Ultimate Fighter. He's a phenomenal Ultimate Fighter. He's exciting to watch. He is has made himself as notorious as his marketing name suggests. But as far as this fight goes against Mayweather, he is. Uh, he's just not gonna. It's not gonna cut. Well, it. I mean, yeah, he, it's not taking anything away from the athlete that he is and the MMA, you know, personality and, and champion that he is. But it's. You're not taking anything away from LeBron James saying he's not an amazing, one of the greatest basketball players of all time if he goes one-on-one with Sid Crosby to see who's the best hockey player. <laughs> you know, it's it's just, couldn't be better. It's said. the same thing, you know. Guys, I'm gonna go get uh, some chips. Do you want anything? <laughs> or uh, I'll what, take another ice coffee. No, oh yeah, please. What what, what, what <laughs> cream and sugar? <laughs> Caramel swirl. What what, what 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 are your thoughts on this? I have none. That's why I'm letting not, you guys talk. Well, I mean, can you think of any other situations in in in, in pop culture that that draw a correlation oh, yes. between this? I could. Oh, you want me to explain them here? No, I just wanted to know if you had any thoughts in that pretty little yeah, bit of no, yours. I mean, the, the hack line is that this is like Rocky versus Hulk Hogan. You know? uh, uh, Rocky three, Yes. and, and uh, Which uh, also featured Mr. T, I believe. And Clever uh, Clever Lang, Clever Lang, Clever Lang. Who, who was at the... Uh, at the wrestling boxing match, just in disgust that Rocky wasn't training serious for him, and he left in the middle of that fight. If, of course, we remember. Of course, yes. What What was Hulk's name? Oh shit! Oh man! Lip something. Lip. Uh, lip. I can't even. Lips. Think. Lips. Ink. I'm not going to have the answer on that, but I'll throw in there to go back to my McGregor thing. McGregor doesn't isn't going to have a script like that movie did. And this is this is not going to be a fun night. Well, well the, the thing is, he gets I I don't know the exact numbers. I don't know if they published it, but he gets a huge fine 
if he does anything non-boxing related. Oh, if he does any holds, takedowns, you know, literally, if he's if he's tying him up and all of a sudden he does a jump guard or some kind of takedown, he automatically is disqualified and forfeits like half his purse. Guys, I found I found the answer. Yes, thunder lips. Thunder. I knew it was lip something, <laughs> right. and and it was uh, it was great. Uh, I remember it was a, a big charity thing. Rocky was fighting him, and Rocky's all the shaking hands in the middle of the ring. He's like, "Hey, maybe we're gonna pull the word after this or something." And Hulk just goes berserk, just absolutely loses his shit, goes berserk, picks Rocky, throws him out of the ring, uh, starts fighting cops. It was absolutely great. And Rocky the whole time is like, "This is supposed to be for charity." <laughs> And at the end, he's like, I didn't know charity hurt so much. Wasn't, um, speaking of Thunder and Hulk Hogan, wasn't there a, a TV show of his in the 90s where he was like on a boat? Like he was like a cop or something on like speedboats. And wasn't it called like Thunder Paradise? It was something awful oh, like man. that. Right, here we go. It slightly rings a bell. And then slightly, um, slightly, just, slightly, yeah, slightly. I'm so, going on. So, oh, wait, here it is. Thunder in, the, Thunder in Paradise. Yes, Thunder in Paradise. So he... You brought the thunder. Do you have the Blu-ray of that? Do you have Do you have I, the laser disc? I have the VHS. <laughs> you have a VHS player here where Liz, you know, have to move some of the Ghostbuster stuff over. Well, and you know, for it. Uh, it's accessible. So, 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 so you got you got you know Rocky and Hulk. Um, you, you also had uh, yeah, like what Billy Jean King versus Bobby Riggs was sort of like a a, a big stunt, a, a big publicity. And, and again, it was the same thing. I mean, a, a little different. It's like everybody everybody makes that as like, oh, the battle of the sexes. It's like Billie Jean King was a number one ranked woman player of the world, twenty years younger. And it's like be me going out saying I'm a guy, I can beat Serena Williams. You're right. Uh, it was just as ridiculous. But I think the other good one, um, Jesse Owens versus a horse. Yeah, there, is this is that racist? <laughs> Honestly, so, I don't, no, no, I don't mean like racist. I mean like they were both racers. They were racist. Right, right, right. It was. <laughs> I suck. It was no, no. Hey, a big swing and a miss. You know, just a bit outside. Uh, you had, uh, you know, I believe Jesse Owens was Hitler's favorite track star from the '36 Olympics. You know, he comes back, and, and it was one of those things. It's like, well, how can he make this 15 minutes of fame last? You know, maybe 30 seconds longer. So they take him out to a track, and you know, uh, have him race. So I think it would on a. ABC White World of Sports, though ABC doesn't come along for twenty years later, but I believe that that was uh, that was part of their game plan. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's just a publicity stunt. It's just a money grab. But they think four point. I heard four point five point four point six million buys at a hundred dollars a buy is what they're expecting. Wow, I'm not good at math, but carry the one carry, shitload of money. Yeah, <laughs> shitload. Scrooge ducks bags of money <laughs> that everybody associate with. They're just going to give him away. a big vault of coins for him to jump into. Yeah, so so I mean, but does McGregor at all? Does I mean Floyd? Floyd is a defensive specialist. So does McGregor even land a punch? No, no. That's that's the bit the biggest issue. And and this is going to be a this is going to be a stamina thing. This is going to be a ring generalship thing. Uh, I don't. I just. I don't. I don't see it. It's like again. It and again. It's nothing against McGregor. It's just so two different sports. I can't fathom a situation. And and Joe can back me up on this. I'm a huge boxing fan. I watch a lot of boxing. And you have this like is kind of tons like, of boxing tape. Yeah, this is kind of like to me. If it, 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 uh, this is a way back throwback, uh, 
none of your younger audience is going to remember. We don't this. have a younger that audience. huge younger audience. audience. <laughs> but this is kind of to me going to be like Mike Tyson versus Peter McNally without the first round knockout. Um, yeah. It's just it's it just doesn't. Make will the national anthem be longer than the fight? That's all I want to ask. The Peter McNeely thing. I don't know if I remember anything sadder. His father was a local heavyweight champ, and as Peter McNeely's walking in the ring, his father's holding a picture of himself as a younger fighter, and it was just it's like, what what are you doing? And who thought that that was a good idea? Like uh, he did. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, now granted, I mean, he knew. It was I, like, think he got a, I think he got a million bucks out of it. I think he might have got oh, a million yeah, And there's bucks nobody that I'm I sure, know. I don't know if he has any of that money. but he, I don't know how much Don <laughs> King got out of it. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Well, okay, so that's the thing. So who, who is the big winner out of this? Does it help revitalize the sport of boxing? Do, does it bring MMA guys into the boxing world? Or is that, from a boxing point of view, do they think that? Is this the Flintstones meet the Jetsons? Yes, one, I could not think of anything <laughs> more descriptively accurate. This is a that. big, huge crossover between two sports that just are similar. They're kind of, you know, there's a little bit of dabbling in each, but yeah, they're not, they are not one and the same, and probably should not be mixed together. I mean, but that's the thing. So, so the boxing people say, well, you know, boxing is the better sport. They're the better athletes. Watch what he does to this person and, and fool themselves because they're just playing by boxing rules. Do they think it brings MMA fans back to boxing? Or do MMA fans think if McGregor holds his own, he's going to be able to show, even though he's not a true boxer, he, you know, MMA <laughs> fighters are that good that they're going to pull boxing fans into the... I mean, what, what other than the money grab for the fighters and, and the promoters, how does this a year from now help either sport? I think they're hoping that it morphs. I, I think they're hoping that, that they can capture a young MMA audience and... And vice versa. From that respect, media-wise, the benefit is largely more so for MMA, for UFC, and 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 all those all those leagues that are out there. It benefits boxing much more because the, there's a there's a following. There's a huge MMA following. Yeah. A huge MMA following. I mean um, that that boxing potentially, or at least they have the opportunity to to tap into that. With this fight, well, like you know, you're saying that yeah, there's a big MMA following, and then also think about, you know, when you're bringing your kids to do, you can do karate lessons. You don't take them to do boxing lessons. You do, however, I think have MMA lessons that you yeah, can yeah, give to kids. Big, but jujitsu, jiu- karate everywhere, lame. But jujitsu is a big, has become a big kids like event. Right. How many boxing lessons do you take your kids to? Honest, honestly, like I. I've had my boys do it just because we had a friend who had an end with the place in Somerville that they've gone to a few times. But that you ha- kind of have to know somewhere. There aren't many boxing gyms around. Right. At, the at, Somerville it, Boxing Gym? Yeah, yeah. yeah the one, it's, right, it's actually right. Oh, I know. From, right. from I, ESCS. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, I know right, exactly. Right, right. But that's right. only because, as we talked, like I'm raising my sons to do martial arts, archery. They're, they're basically yeah, survivalists. It's the and, Walking Dead Regiment, yeah. <laughs> and so, they, you know, I figure, oh, we'll do a little, you know, throw a little But it's funny again. because, like, MMA is so much more obviously brutal than boxing. Yet, it's viewed, boxing is sort of viewed as the, the more... The sweet science. Yeah, exactly. But it's, right, but you're not, we don't teach our kids boxing as much as we would teach like more people are more apt to bring their kids to you know jujitsu right right and grappling and all of that versus pugilism it's which a, i think is a big word for boxing it, it's, hold on hold on pugil <laughs> what do you call me pugilism <laughs> so so well now 
I mean, how much of an underdog is McGregor? Is it one of those things like at the beginning of every football season, you you always have, you know, one team that honestly is, you know, 500 to one to make it to the Super Bowl. And like, if you're a fan of like, you know, not to pick on anybody, but the Lions, you know, every year or something like that, like the year after they're like, oh, and 16 and the stats come out. And some guy from Detroit's in there. It's like I'm going to throw fifty bucks on. It. I mean, what what do you have to lose with the upside? And this year, like I think the Ottawa Senators were something crazy, like a hundred to one odds, and they went to uh, the second overtime of Game Seven of a conference final. It just shows you what a hot goalie does, right? Yes. But, but that's it. So I mean, or you know, and, and gosh, I I, I I hate to. Well, on one hand, I love to say it. I mean, is McGregor more of an underdog in this? Than the Patriots were against the Rams and and their first Super Bowl win. I mean, they they were a fourteen point underdog, which I don't think there's ever at the time had been a fourteen point Super Bowl underdog. To a degree, I'd almost say yeah, because again, we're talking about two different sports. Whereas being a fourteen point underdog in a football game, you're playing the same. You're playing, yeah, playing right, the they're, same both, right. they're all football players. Where we really are, and and again, I. I'm not always right about my predictions. Let me be very clear of that. I have given a lot of athletes the kiss of death. That's a why lot I'm. Of athletes. That's why I'm broke, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just this is again just to go back. It's just, it's not the same sport. They're not going into this with the same tools. This is a master technician coming into the ring against against a very game opponent. Yeah. But no, now this is the first time Jim's been in the room with us. Jim, are you not impressed? how I can draw a correlation between everything in the New England Patriots yeah. <laughs> that I can inject the Patriots into the – already twice with you and Gron. They don't all have to be successful, by the way. Like, no. Just the attempts of the correlation <laughs> is what matters. Yeah, no, we're, we're going to talk about well, some other New stuff England, later. The New England Patriots in themselves are, are a very wide spectrum. I mean, yes, we've had a lot of very – very wonderful years here, but there was a long, long time. Rod we Rust, had a lot of, a lot, <laughs> yeah. a lot, a yeah. lot of, a lot of lean years here. So it's a, it's a, it's a broad spectrum. Speaking of spectrum, uh, you want to do the random video game review? Let's go to the <laughs> random video game. And, and, and again, because uh, Jim is here, he gets the honors of pulling. All right, first he's got to pull his uh, headphones off so he doesn't rip them out of the socket. So what you got to do is just pull a game, any game. I'm not going to look. You're going to go to the oh, shelf yeah. of, of the yeah. Nintendo games. Yeah, just pull anyone, anyone, and then uh, without showing it to me, you can, you can give it to Jacques when you're done. Yeah. I'm just going to guess from the gap left in the shelf what game you pulled out, and then I'm going to do a stupid review of it, and people are going to be bored. Well, for, Ready? Jim, pull the game for Joe. Go ahead. What, what do you think it is? Well, boy, it's uh, not Deja. It's between Deja Vu and Donkey Kong. It's probably... Oh, man. Hmm. I have never heard of this game. Yeah, is it, if that helps. Yeah, I mean, is it like Digger T Rock or something? I don't know. What is it? It is not. You want to give it one more try? Yeah, uh, it's it uh, d- uh, douchebaggery. Yeah. Oh, yay! <laughs> All right. It, oh, it's uh, Demon Sword. Oh, I don't know what this is. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> Sorry, man. I don't. I, have, I don't play all my games. I just, you know, if it, if it looks like a Nintendo cartridge and it's in a store for two dollars, I'm going to buy it, <laughs> regardless of whether my kids need food or anything like that. Well, De- uh, yeah. <laughs> Demon Sword is a is a game. The end. <laughs> the end. 
I, I, I think it's like one of those kind of like uh, like a hack, almost. Like Holy shnikes! Okay, well he's Holy lo- shnikes! He's looking at my penis. If you're did wondering, you, uh, <laughs> did you, you fuck with that? <laughs> no. No. Anyways, who is that brought to us by? Uh, the wonderful people of Taito. Taito. I don't ever remember playing a video yeah, game from Taito. Nah, the you, people I, of Taito. No, nah, I think you have. It's, they've had. They made a couple of okay games, but Demon Sword. I think it's like Wizards and Warriors. Remember that game? I do remember that. That game. was a good game. I do. Um, this is probably a good game or a decent game. I don't know. I can't say for sure, but it has a very svelte looking. It kind of looks like a not, not like Conan the Barbarian, but like yeah, little kind of little Conan, little Conan esque. Yeah. Uh, Hot, know, either way. You're right. You know, very, very doable. But, um, you know, <laughs> it's a game. I have never played it. But now Jacques is going to wow me. Or no, first I'm going to guess how much I think it goes for on eBay with just the cartridge alone. Not the box. Not a box copy. Cartridge alone. My cartridge. It's pretty decent shape. It only has a little bit of Jacques spit in it. I'm going to say, and he, you heard the orgasm. So I'm going to guess that it's about $20. Well, brand new shocked me. If oh. you're buying it new, first of all, no. who has it new? Uh, that guy. $79. Wow. Uh, but used, out of the box, no case, $3.99. Oh, you. With $3 of shipping. <laughs> like, the, like, it turns out, the big money in eBay is in the shipping. <laughs> yeah. And it's a profit deal. Yeah, so, okay, I was, I was wrong on the... Yeah, review. I'm wrong on the. What, what, what are the a lot odds of things in life? What are the odds we get you to fire up the Nintendo system later today? Actually, give it a, give it a go and, and come back with a review. Uh, if you want me to do that, just say so on our Facebook page, Carnival Personnel Podcast. Just leave any sort of comment that says, "Yeah, Demon Sword. I remember that game. Kinda. You should play that, and then totally review it. And, and, and you know, I'll do it. Other than, other than that, fuck off." Uh, what else? What what else? Big things are like happening this week, and and this week we one of the things we like to do is this week in awful. There's so many things on the list, and I think we're going to jump into the upcoming this week in awful, Transformers. Yep, Transformers Five. It's uh, I don't. Uh, what's the subtitle? I don't know because I don't do research. Uh, Those it, are for that's for nerds. I, I, I believe it's uh, the grab for cash. No, that was the McGregor fight. That's a subtitle. <laughs> the, the, the search McGregor for fight. more money. And you know the old joke is like, well, they had to make a five because number four left so many answered questions. And no, no, it didn't. The last night, K N I G H T, like Jedi night. Yes, we got that. I have nothing to offer on this. Yes, you do. The only thing I did hear, and I don't know where I heard it, is somewhere I heard that. Um, that Mark Wahlberg was no longer after this one interested in the uh, Transformers franchise. But other than that, I have not heard anything well, else. And that yeah. may not even be true. I think I read something like that. If you saw him in four, I think after three, he had no more <laughs> interest <laughs> in the Transformers franchise. Yeah, I see him on like a Verizon commercial with Transformers now. And I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's nice. It, the, the kids like so, so Joe and I, you know, because we have nobody else who will talk to us during the week. So Michael Bay, it's uh, he makes these movies that get panned over and over. I, I think it uh, it was coming out like like the pre screenings and stuff like that we had like a Rotten Tomato score of like seventeen, you know, and people are saying. Well, it's a really bad movie, but at least it's really long, so you get <laughs> you get three hours of suck for your money. And there's so many people who are, feel like, oh, well, 
they, they've bastardized the industry, or the, the the franchise, and these aren't Grandpa's Transformers right. anymore. Hashtag not my Transformers. Uh, and he, uh, and it's one of those things where uh, Michael Bay can't hear you, surrounded by that wall of money that he keeps making, with and all the these constant movies. explosions going and off constant. around him. So, so that's the thing. It's like on one hand, it's, it's for for me because uh, it's all about me and the New England Patriots. Who are one and the same, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I think these movies are awful. However, if you've been to Universal in the last five or six years, the Transformer ride is absolutely jaw-droppingly awesome. And we wouldn't have had that awesome ride without these awful movies. Yeah. So, Well, Waterworld included has well, an awesome ride. The Waterworld show at Universal, I, I've seen no less than 50 times. And every time I see it, John on the ground is like, holy fuck, how do they pull this off four times a day? Yeah. The, the number of explosions, the stunt people, the elaborate, the gigantic elaborate set that they have just for this show. And I, I truly think at this point, probably 10 years ago, more people have seen the Waterworld show at Universal than saw the Waterworld movie. Yes, I agree. But uh, yeah, I mean, Michael Bay... It's kind of been talked about to death that Michael Bay has taken franchises from the 80s, made so so movies out of them, and has been accused of bastardizing these franchises. But in the same breath, he's keeping them alive, you know, and it's making money, tons of money. Tons overseas. of money. Yeah, tons of money here and tons of money overseas. You know, these movies don't need a whole lot of story to do well at the box office in, in China. And in places like that. Um, so say what you will about Michael Bay, and I'm sure that you have. And we will. Well, it, it, the same thing. Like, he did that with, with the Mutant Ninja Turtles. You're right. But at, at what point? Do, and, and that's the thing. It's like, I would have loved, loved, loved another, you know, Christian Bale Batman. But they're like, no, we've done enough. It, you know, let's let's move on before it becomes a Transformers 5 where it's right. nothing but a money grab and you're really stretching to make a story. I'm still waiting for Pearl Harbor too. Like I, I don't know what happened. After. Uh, yeah, right, right after the uh, Titanic to the Awakening, right. I think he's going to dive into Pearl Harbor too. Yeah, they actually did make a Titanic too. Did they really? It, it was a parody with the Leslie Nielsen. Probably better than Michael Bay's uh, Pearl Harbor. Nice. Although Team America had a great song about that. It was. It was uh, have you ever seen Team America: World Police? Fuck yeah! Yeah, America. Uh, yeah. Fuck yeah! <laughs> well, they have that song Coming where today, you know the I, motherfucking name, <laughs> America. Fuck yeah! <laughs> McDonald's trucks, <laughs> slavery. <laughs> <laughs> but they have a song in there about no, that, the slavery. That was a good jumping off point. Good yeah. thing you stopped the song there. But Michael Bay's. In reference in a song where Pearl Harbor sucked and I love you, you know, like I miss you more than Michael Bay missed the point when he wrote <laughs> Pearl Harbor. <laughs> uh, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Yeah, but so Michael Bay, yeah, easy target at this point. But you know what? Who's laughing now, world? I mean, he's cashing in ch- checks that our bodies can't write. Something like that. Yeah, whatever. I, I'm trying to tie it back to Hulk Hogan. Oh, <laughs> so you see what he's done there? So your mouth's the writing checks that your body can't cash. No, it, it, look, we we can't really you know sell out you know. Or, yes, we or, can. We we can, <laughs> and we're trying. Hint, uh, but we're, we can't get mad at Michael Bay for like selling out in commercialism, where we're taking all that big money from Squatty Potty, yes, and from Blue Apron, right, and from this week's sponsor. Oh, yes. This week's sponsor will bring you back to uh, a time and place when there was no such thing as a Best Buy 
or Circuit City. Oh, wait, that's also gone out of business. So it's basically Best Buy is the only place you can buy a TV nowadays. But uh, let's go back to a simpler time. If you take the green line all the way to the last stop, here's where you'll find yourself. Now at Lechmere, the RCA 13-inch color portable TV with scan tuning, you save $50. From GE, the Kitchen Companion, and under the cabinet AM-FM clock radio, save $23 after rebate. And from BASF, blank videotape, high grade or regular, you save over $2 per tape. Wonderful. Wow. The, the fact that we keep getting these sponsors each and every week to throw the money truck at us. Yeah. I, I miss Leechmere. Don't you? I, again, Leechmere, I, you know, I don't have any recollection of going to. But, Where did you grow up? But don't forget, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> look. Don't bring up old wounds again. Didn't we go through that <laughs> with that issue? Oh, no. do, you, do you really want to pick at another scab here, yeah, Joe? If our couch wasn't full of French onion dip and chips, I'd ask you to lie down, ladies. On <laughs> <laughs> but but we uh, on a more on a more important note, Han Solo. Yes, big news on Han Solo front. Jim, how excited are you about Ron Howard jumping on board the Han Solo movie? I'm going to plead ignorant here. I did know, I did hear that he was going to be doing something with Star Wars. Um, but other than that, I honestly don't have much to offer. Um, well, I mean, to be honest, nobody has anything to offer on this because we don't know what the movie's about. We don't know what's going on. Jacques uh, refuses to, you know, read up on any news. I, I was afraid to bring this topic up to him because he is so, af- he does not want to see trailers, previews, hype. He just wants to know that a movie is coming out on a certain date. And that he should block off his entire day that date. Yeah, it, I, when when Batman or a big superhero movie, Wonder Woman comes out, a lot of the geek podcasts I listen to and sites I read, just months before, I go on a complete total lockout. If I'm going to see a movie with the kids and a trailer comes up for like you know the new Star Trek or something, I'll just literally leave the theater and my children behind <laughs> because I don't want to see a preview for anything. And I don't know anything about the Han Solo movie. I'm just hoping it covers Han up to when he shot first. And if anyone he said Han didn't shoot first, you're an idiot. Stop listening to me, Mom. And uh, <laughs> but 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 um, but you were talking about you were going through Ron Howard's uh, catalog, and he's done so many amazing movies, just not in the last ten years or so. Yeah, I mean. Um... He did that. The latest movie I think that I can remember was the the latest Da Vinci Code movie with Tom Hanks. But you know, it's like a kind of a lukewarm. Like you know, it has its fan base. It was kind of the middle of the road. Is um, that Demons and Knights? Is that I think so. Is yeah, yeah, Demons yeah. and Knights. Right, and like I checked out after Da Vinci Code, honestly. But we can't really compare Apollo thirteen, Ron Howard, to today. You know, his directing style may be a little bit more muted or subtle, but he's also. You know, he was on Happy Days when the original Star Wars came out. Like, right, that's, right. So he's of that generation. Um, so I'm sure this is a very special franchise. I mean, it might be a big ha- passion project for him that yeah. he wanted to get involved in it. But he hasn't done anything. And, well, and Apollo mm-hmm. 13 was a space movie, like, semi-based on, on historical facts. And it was more, you know docu-style than... Um, right, there was actually, like, those things actually happened. Like, you know, Han Solo... Did I, they? I, 
<laughs> Did they? Right. You probably believe that Han Solo is more real than the moon landing, Mr. Conspiracy Theory. It's not a conspiracy theory. <laughs> Han Solo is so real. And I've based my entire life around his teachings. So don't burst that bubble. I won't. But, but yeah, I'm going to like Inferno was actually the last movie that came out, which was, I think, um, that was the last Da Vinci Code movie. But then I'm going like. Uh, you know, he did uh, Mars, which is a... Again, no yeah. warp drive. No. Yeah, I'm looking and seeing... He did a movie about 1970s racing racing called Rush in 2013. Yeah, yeah, that was a big flop. He was a producer of Katy Perry, Part of Me, in 2012. So, okay. Oh, there you go. Yeah, okay, right. we see the correlation Yeah, now. Right, exactly. So, we have nothing to fear, folks. Nothing to fear, Star Wars fan. perfect sense. Maybe we can't really talk about what our feelings are about Ron Howard directing Han Solo, uh, the new Han Solo movie, but I guess... so. What are you expecting out of this new Han Solo movie? Is this basically everything leading up to when Han Han shot first? Uh, up to you know, up until the cantina scene in Star Wars when he meets up with Obi Wan and uh, and Luke. And Isn't this supposed to be? I think this is supposed to be like a, a younger, like a much younger Han Solo. It's him and Lando Cal- Calrissian. Like it's that far back. Uh, so, so, and if that's the case, let's not forget he's not a good guy. Even towards the very end of Star Wars, it wasn't until like you know the last reel of that he's kind of like yeah he's a, a he's, bad guy yeah he's, he's just a, a pirate yeah he's all for himself it, 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 it wasn't you know like the McGregor fight it was just a <laughs> money grab for him you know to take Leia you know to, you know to get Leia and to get a uh, her and rescue did he get Leia yes he did so no I don't have expectations except I you know I, I want to be wild. I mean, I had no expectations going into Rogue One. Right, and yeah. Rogue One, fan friggin' tastic. And I wonder if if the success of the Force Awakens, so the you know the you know the reboot, you know the first reboot of the Star Wars thing, episodes one, two, and three. Yeah, the prequels g- g- kind of got panned. Um, kinda, kind of got panned. <laughs> you know, I don't hate it as much. Like years later, looking back at, it, I'm like, oh, maybe it wasn't as bad as I first thought. But so then, when they come back and they're doing the Force Awakens. They really brought it back, and everyone's like, oh, okay, finally, this is great, this is great, we can't wait for the next two, and then when they announced they were going to do a Star Wars movie that wasn't Chapter 8, you know, there was some skepticism, but it was like, I, I put it as my second favorite Star Wars movie next to uh, Empire Strikes Back. So I'm just hoping that they can come somewhere between Rogue One and Clone Wars. Right. I don't want all of these Star Wars stories to somehow latch themselves onto an existing Star Wars movie like Rogue One did. Spoilers! Rogue One latched itself onto A New Hope. And it, it's basically an addendum to A New Hope or predendum. But I don't want that to be the case for all Star Wars stories. Like, I don't want Han Solo to be, like, the last scene of Han Solo in the Han Solo movies and walking into the canteen. I don't want that. Like, I kind of want it to be a little distant. When when he wins the Falcon from his his, his former pal. Yeah. In a car, was it a card game that he won it from? Oh, was, did they have cards back? Uh, or, well, they, or, they, uh, they, yeah, it was way back then. Maybe it was three-dimensional chess. Whatever, <laughs> whatever they played, but Lando had always said he had stolen it from him, and, and he's like, no, I won it fair and square. So there was oh, some right, kind yeah. of... Bet between those two scoundrels that yeah. that had the greatest ship in the entire sci-fi world, uh, changing changing hands. But you know, my hope for it is that they don't try to reinvent his character. That they don't go back. I mean, that was one of the biggest things that upset people. With no lives complete geeks like myself when. You know, Lucas went back in and he reissued Star Wars yeah. and he had Han shooting second, you know, in the cantina bar and stuff like that and tried to make him a more sympathetic, you know, good guy. What made his character so great was the arc. 
yeah. that he started from point A and wound up at point B, that he started off as a complete scumbag and became a really good guy. Yeah, how come um, Darth Vader can have a redemption but not Han Solo? You know, like, I mean, it's the, the, there's sort of a redemption story there for Han as well. Right, right. And that's it. So with this one, I just hope if, if, it's pre, if it's pre-Cantina, if it's younger, that he is. He's a backstabbing for himself, screwing over Lando and Calrissian to get however he got there. Yeah. Whatever the story is, I don't want him to be this likable good guy. You know, he can be he can be the bad boy of outer space, but don't make him having a heart of gold or doing it for the right things or, you know, wanting to fight the Empire because it's the right thing to do. What if they introduce a love interest? Would that upset you? Yes. Because I don't think he's he, at that point in his life. I don't think he was capable of, right. you know. I mean, there there obviously have to be women in the movie because you know it's kind of you know you kind of need that. But he doesn't necessarily need to have a love interest. But I was it's curious because he that's sort of his turning point as a character is that he falls for Leia and right, right. And, and strives to become a better person because of what Leia stood for and what you know what how she challenged his character. How about this? A love story between him and Lando. Yeah. yeah there you go. <laughs> Getting too politically correct. But no, I, I mean, and that's – so, I mean, is there more pressure uh, on Ron Howard because the bar with these side stories of Rogue One being raised so high? Or is there less pressure because, you know, there's already been a Jar Jar Binks? Like the floor yeah. is so – like the ceiling has been raised on one hand, but the floor has been lowered so much on the other. So as long as That's he a wide strike zone. falls in between – right, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I think he'll do well. He's, a, he's an astounding director. Now, does Ron Howard have anything to do with the resurgence of GLOW? Mm, let me check my uh, internets. No. No, he does not. And you bring up Glow because... It's on the page. Right. <laughs> you, you, and for those who don't know, Glow them. is Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. So the reason why it's on the page, Mr. <laughs> Curtain Pullbacker. <laughs> Wait, uh, somebody hold up that fourth wall that's falling down. <laughs> on the page. So Glow uh, premiered on Netflix. Glow is a... A uh, new comedy slash drama series, but mostly comedy series. It takes place in 1986 or 85. That sort of tells the story of the genesis, the beginnings of Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, which in the 80s was like, and it lasted like three years. And it was, I think, on cable and also syndicated TV. Uh, it was the female counterpart uh, or answer to the WWF, which was humongous in 1986. And I, I, the only reason I wanted to bring it up is because it is so fucking awesome as a show. Uh, Mark Maron is uh, the director who hosts the the, the cattle call. Uh, he's kind of like... The director with the heart of gold. He, he actually, yeah, right. And knows of cocaine because this guy... <laughs> Wait a minute. This was in the 80s. Yeah, right. <laughs> Try to be a little bit more accurate. A TV show? No, he's he's like this kind of this this B movie director. Like he directed a lot of schlock movies in the seventies. He actually one of the girls on the team is a stunt woman that he's worked with on B movies in the past. So that and he's had a relationship with. Um, so that there is that dynamic. There's like the the the, the real actress. It's really kind of told from the the viewpoint of the the real struggling actress who like you know studies Uta Hagen and goes to workshops and tries to. Uh, you know, audition for Cat on a Hot Tin Roof and that sort of thing. She wants to be a legitimate actress. And, of course, there is that undertone of, you know, in, it's the 80s, so obviously sexism. You think it's rampant now. She's struggling to find a real meaty 
roles as an actress besides like the secretary that you know knocks on the powerful businessman's office door telling him that he has a call on line two um but so she gets introduced to this uh, new endeavor there's also another woman in her, her life and then she gets dragged into it and it's a great show it's done so well and so brilliantly and it just and the soundtrack is awesome you know you have like you know pat benatar and because because i'm um really really old uh i dated glow <laughs> we didn't have cable, but it was in syndication, and I don't know if it was Channel 56 All right. or Channel 38. I think it was 56. That, that were carry it. It was a UHF channel. A UHF. And so, yeah, so they were carry it. It was like 11 o'clock at night on, like, Saturdays. And, you know, much like today, the wrestling was awesome, but the the skits and the oh, build-up beforehand yeah. and the dialogue. It was like... Where the gorgeous ladies are wrestling. Yeah, yeah. They, they had a... Uh they had a uh, what was it? What was this? The Super Bear Shuffle. They had a very, <laughs> very Bears '86 Super Bear Shuffle, right? Type with song. complete with star wipes and <laughs> so great. And, yeah, I mean, well, who is your favorite Glow wrestler? <laughs> I, I mean, I think on the tips of our tongues, Farmer's, Farmer's daughter. daughter had to be Farmer's, Farmer's daughter. daughter. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think there's a close second. It's funny because in Glow. They allude to these characters, but they're not like I'm looking for like Big Bad Mama. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for Farmer's Daughter. You don't see them yet, but you, they allude to them, and, and even in conversation, like you kind of hear the names being dropped. So it's it's just a it's just a great show, uh, and they have uh, really and there's and there's and there's, there's boobies. There's what? boobies. Yes, Jack. Nice. Got your attention now. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna have to sidebar catching up on. Uh... Shield and Arrow and and, and, and Flash. Don't get me wrong, Green Arrow's boobies are spectacular. Oh, you got when he does the salmon ladder, you know, when he's shirtless, then yeah. The, what? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Stop looking at me like, don't judge, Jim, don't judge. We are an inclusive podcast. Jim, what was your favorite gorgeous lady of wrestling? Um, the only one, honestly, the only one that I even really truthfully remember is the farmer's daughter i do remember big bad mama uh other than that i don't really wasn't there like a one called like mount vesuvius oh yeah there was a yeah i mean there was there was 20 of them but i i just don't i don't uh i don't remember and like you said i honestly i remember more that it was like it was very skit based it was very like sketch based more so than uh the, the and, wrestling. And they do these, like, they you see them filming, like, against, like, a brick wall, like, these promos, that like, they're, they're introductory promos of their character, and um, the the thing about the show is that it goes all out, like, it's like, they re- there's no emergency break on the show as far as the 80s go, the feel, the style, the the music, there's no stop in this show, I think it should be picked up for four more seasons, it's spectacular, so hold on. highly I'm recommended. I'm taking notes. So there are boobs. There are boobs. And you see the boobs. Yes. And their boobs you want to see. Not we're not talking National Geographic documentary boobs. Um, I'm not discounting that. <laughs> I haven't seen the whole series yet, but from what I've seen so far, it's fantastic. So uh, it's highly recommended. Glow on uh, Netflix. Jim, do you got a, a Netflix pick? You is there anything on Netflix you're binge watching? Um, the only thing I'm watching on Netflix right now, um, religiously, uh, I I use that ironically, um, mm. is Keepers. Keepers is um, what's Keepers? Keepers is about um, and I'm gonna butcher this. I'm gonna give you a real light version of it because I don't remember any names. Um, Keepers is about a nun um, that was murdered, and one of the suspects is a priest. And it's a real, it's a documentary about a couple of students who graduated from the high school that the nun worked at, as well as the priest worked at. 
Um, there's a lot of alleged sexual abuse at the high school in question. It's a high school in Baltimore. And they are basically alleging that she was going to start to blow the whistle on some of this behavior. And she ends up dead, found, a num- I believe, a number of months later. Um, and I believe it's like six or seven parts on Netflix. And it's it's very good. It's very sad. It's very, I don't want to say tough to watch, but it's uh, it, it, it's a lot of victims telling a, a pretty... Um, grizzly story. A pretty grizzly story. A pretty traumatizing story. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those, it's just one of these things that just a couple of past students, alumni, have decided to take a hold of and through social media and and their own research with journalists and past stories and things like that, that they've decided to take this on and just kind of put together the best story or history of what happened and hopefully... So while there's still air left in the room, <laughs> right. let's get back to uh, the, the comedy aspect of the talk show. What's your Netflix pick, Mr. Netflix? I, you know, accidentally, we started watching... If you say uh, fucking arrow, I'm going to throw you the hell out of here. <laughs> no, no, come on, dude. So on The Flash this week, <laughs> when we were watching, no, we started watching Riverdale, and I'm not sure why we started watching him. And I'm not sure why I continue to watch it, but we watch. And you're not sure why you can't stop watching. It. Can't. I mean, it is not good, um, but it's like it's not. It's not so bad that it's. I can't tell if it's so bad that we can't stop watching it, or it's not so bad that all right, we're four episodes in, we'll see where that goes. <clears throat> but they're trying to make the Archie, you know, thing really current and relevant. They threw it. Archie know, comics, not Archie Bunker. Archie comics, right? Right. So they got Archie comics. So they have. You know, reimagine the backstories on all of them. It's great because they have, you know, stunt casting galore. They have all these 80 stars and stuff like that. But it's okay. I mean, it's like they, they, they're going to suck you in by, like, within the first 15 minutes of the first episode, they have Betty and Veronica making out. So, so that, that, you know, that, that's, that would be my, I don't know if it's my pick of the week because I don't know if I like it, but I'm watching it. So, hey, if you're not sure what to watch, give Riverdale a try or, uh, or what's your priest raping show? <laughs> Keepers. Keepers. You know what? Let's go with Glow. Let's all, let's all agree that Joe brought the goods to the table. Uh, and once again, there's boobies. So, oh, yes. So, so we highly recommend that. But while we're talking about this week in Awful, uh, Jim, you you have a big concert coming up at Fenway. You're going to go see. I do coming up. I am going. Uh, I will be with many of the other Blockheads uh, at the New Kids in the Block concert. I believe it's July 8th. Uh, I don't know if they're there a number of nights, but I will be there. I believe it's July 8th, and I am uh, very, very excited. It was part of my uh, Christmas present. So they lifted the restraining order. They lifted allowed, the restraining you're order. You're allowed to be. I, I can be within 100 yards. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Just no contact. Right. If, um, is throwing your underwear considered contact? <laughs> who Who is your favorite new kid? Uh, my favorite new kid, I think, probably goes back and forth. But uh, My favorite new kid is Joey McIntyre. Yeah. I agree. I'm actually on the board with that. Are you? Yeah, no, because he's a he's actually a, a a pretty good actor, and he was on a couple of low rated but I think well received shows. I absolutely uh, the names of which I can't remember. Oh, right, okay. the McCarthys. Oh, the McCarthys. Yeah, that was a CBS show that was on for like one season. Yeah, and I believe it, the other the main character or largely focused character in that was. Uh, was John Riddish's son, I believe. Yeah, Jason Ritter, right? Uh, Tyler no, Ritter. Tyler Ritter, yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe it was. But uh, th- that show, that show was great. It should have been given more of a chance than it got, um, and it 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 didn't make it. Um, well, for, who who for whatever who, reason? Who is the Fred Roberts of the new kids on the block? Uh, who's Fred Roberts? 
So he was a 12th guy on the Celtics championship teams all through the 80s. Oh, okay. That's, oh, uh, you're, you're talking about Jonathan Knight. Jonathan Knight. Or Danny Wood. Wait, wait. There can't be two weakest links. Here, weakest link, singular, you can't have two. Who's the one that really kept them from being big? No, what? <laughs> <laughs> kept them? Well, I can tell you this, for what it's worth from all appearances, is say what you will about the new kids on the block. There's no, there's no tragic story. There's no um, loss story with this. They've all been very, very smart with their money. Oh yeah, and they've all gone on to like. I mean, they've all been very quiet. I'm not, you know, I'm sure there's probably stories out there of trials and tribulations of some sort. We all have them in our life, but they've really, for the most part, held it together. They've really stayed off the uh there's nothing dark there's nothing out there that really that really nobody really fell off that 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 i can recall anyways or that i remember hearing about and like i said they've all been very very smart with them yeah i think like jonathan went into um real estate and he was successful there i don't know i'm not sure what danny got i believe danny went into real estate as well okay if if i'm uh if i'm correct yeah and then i mean and then we all know that donnie Wahlberg. Is um, Donnie's, Donnie's got a whole Wahlburgers franchise going on, and I don't mean Wahlburgers the burger joint, but I mean they just have Wahlburgers everything going on right now. So I mean we got um, you know we got a few minutes left to go. I enjoy having Jim here. Yeah, no, Jim. Before we wrap up, uh, we just want to look, check the list. Okay. Uh, well, check women's the list. rights, gun control, oh, right. election hacking, <laughs> uh, Russian collusion. We got no. Uh, we I don't see any of that on my <laughs> list. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing political on our list, even though Jim is – he tends to lean further right than we do. Um, <laughs> let, me, let me just let – Everybody, everybody wait, wait, wait. leans further right than we do. Let, let me just, just clarify clarify that. I think like anybody that considers themselves a reasonable left person or a reasonable right person, I consider myself somewhat in the center, as do I think anybody on the on – the, uh, on the left, consider themselves in the center. Well, you're and going to a new kids in the block contest. So, yeah, yeah, a little liberal there. Obviously, you got the far, far, and the far, far, and they have their their beliefs. And th- there are certain things where the line does divide. There are certain issues that the line does divide. But I truly, personally, I, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't have a lot of those. So. I'll be the right wing guy, but I think you guys might be surprised that maybe I'm not that far to the right. No, I, and, and I'm not that far left, by the way, Jar. No, no, no. But I, great, I own uh, many Confederate flags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the the only political thing that, that we'll touch on this week is, and it's because it it strikes a chord with me, is what's still going on in Qatar, and which kind of funny is the blockade that Saudi Arabia and Egypt have going with them right now. They have their list of demands to lift their blockade. And one of their main list of demands is to get rid of Al Jazeera, which is the biggest new. It's it's the CNN of the Middle East. Oh yeah. And and when your biggest point of contention is an open media source, <laughs> I mean, as soon as as soon as the Egyptian um, the military, you know, overthrow the government two years ago, instantly they started to arrest journalists, uh, which is always a good sign, which is always a good sign when you uh, arrest and mistreat the journalist and try to stifle the voice. And that's that's one of their biggest demands is to say that Al Jazeera has to go away. Sounds very presidential to me. It does sound very presidential. But yeah, it, it, when, when your first point of contention is silencing the media... AKA the fake news. The fake news, the Al Jazeera, the fake news, which, which seriously, Al Jazeera was a big part of the... Arab Spring, like a few years ago, they 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 are. I mean, they're they're based in Qatar. It was started by the Qatar government, but they're worldwide. 
you know, Al Jazeera America fail, but they're still Al Jazeera English worldwide. But it's really funny to me that if if one of your demands is to keep the world from knowing what's going on, to silence the media. I mean, can you imagine living in a country where they don't want to have press conferences where the media is allowed in or the media is allowed to tape or video the official statements of government spokespeople for the leader of such countries. Can you imagine living in a world like that? Yeah, dude. Haven't you been watching the news? <laughs> well, I have. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, no, you're being sarcastic. Oh, I have, but there's no coverage of right, it. Right. So there's, I'm watching there's them There's no talk. of it. I'm, not, I'm watching them talk about it, how they can't cover it. They're not being allowed to. But seriously, you know, the Qatar blockade still goes on. Um, you know, it, but it's also, it's one of those things where, where the U.S. is caught in the middle of it. On one side, you know, it's become partisan. On one side, you have, you know, Trump saying he's backing Saudi Arabia. And on the other hand, you have our military who's there in the Pentagon saying, no, we need these guys. Here's a bunch of jets. But it's interesting. It's interesting to, to follow that. But that just came out this week. So we, we were more sports. We were more uh, Netflix. We were more Glow. Uh, once I'm, again, I'm tempted to play the Glow thing right now. I have it. I have it. Done. I have it at the done. ready. Uh, we can comment over this too. We can go okay. Yeah, but, but before, before you play it, yeah, it does have boobs. And uh, this one has boobs that, but they're covered with clothes. All so, right, well, hey, okay, right. now this is the original glow rap intro. Yes, look at all the neon. Can't you see the neon? The hair is stunning. Yes, as are the ladies. Hence, gorgeous ladies of wrestling. There's too many of them. I didn't realize there were that many gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Yeah, there's like that's like what I said. There's like there's like twenty of them. California doll. Ebony. Ebony. <laughs> Guess what she looks like? <laughs> Olympia. Jungle Woman. Corporal Kelly, not to be confused with Sergeant Slaughter. Hollywood. Ashley Carter. Oh, wow. That's like a, a special guest appearance by. She got she got a... And oh, featuring. Oh, so great. No, that is... that. All right, let's just end the show. We ain't topping <laughs> that. That is it. We were like... First of all, Jim, seriously, thank you for making it in here, man. We've been... Thank uh, you, Jim. The, Guys, fe- the feedback has been great. Anytime. Yes. We ha- actually have been getting um, uh, some Facebook messages which is great i've been getting joe's been getting some emails for people who accidentally know how to contact us directly and the feedback has been awesome everybody who, who's kind of taken ownership and and given some feedback and advice other than stop uh it is truly appreciated even the stop is appreciated but we um we do have one more oh thing we, we did have one more you know and jim hasn't been here for this ah jim what do we you got? got two young kids at home yep welcome to this week's episode of parenting tip of the week with Jim. Yay. First and foremost, my best piece of advice, and I'm sure we're all going to agree on this, and it's not going to be too groundbreaking, is... DNA test? Is... <laughs> make sure you are, you do, are the father. Is do not lose your cool. Yeah. Because <laughs> they can push your limits. Maintain. Maintain. My parenting tip of the week is find out what they really like. Like, really encourage it. If it's... If it's 
a sport, if it's a video game, get them really involved in it. That way, when they're assholes, you have something to take away that really strikes a chord, that really shakes their world, that kind of hurts them on a level that makes them toe the line. Yeah, my parenting tip of the week is, uh, you know what, take your kids to some boxing lessons. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, these kids have to learn how to fight these bullies that are constantly harassing them at school and maybe at home. (laughs) (laughs) Tell people how they can follow us. Well, if you have Facebook and the internet and a computer... You're in luck, because if you go and follow us uh, at Carnival Podcast on Facebook, just look up Carnival Personnel on Facebook, like our page, you'll be alerted to when we post new episodes. Obviously, if you're listening now, I'm kind of preaching to the converted. Like, <laughs> What I really want you to do is, if you haven't yet, share our page so that your friends on Facebook can listen to us and also you know, think that, hey... Maybe we should do a podcast because if these assholes <laughs> can get it together, it, it's really it, you know if you're on iTunes, you know hit the subscribe button, give us a five star review, write something, eat, just make something up. But the most important thing is, do not forget 